you believe, not, not just because I say it, but you believe that he's coming soon. Amen. I really do. I believe that he's coming soon today. And as a matter of fact, that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. And uh, put a title on this message, just simply says, Ready or Not, Here I Come. And I hope that many of you that are here today and, and all of you can, can just be the, the part of that that says, I'm ready. I'm ready to go should the Lord come. If you've got your Bibles, turn with the First Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5. We'll be looking at that first verse in just a few moments. So let me say that while you're turning there, it's so good to see you in the house of the Lord today. And it's good to have you, all of our guests, all of our visitors. We welcome you today and we hope and, and pray that, as Brother Kyle said earlier, that this is not your last opportunity uh, to be with us. How many of you remember when you were a child? I know for some of you that may be hard to remember. But how many of you remember? <laughs> I'm getting to that age too, so, you know, Sister Mavis, so don't worry about that. So how many of you remember that back, back years ago when you was a child playing that game hide and seek? How many of you ever, ever played that game? How many of you ever still play that? You know, though, that game there really didn't matter if you was the one that was it, uh, looking for folks, or if you was the ones that was uh, getting found. You, you still had a good time playing that. But I want you to think about that little game just for a little bit this morning. That person that was it, or chosen to be it, they would, uh, it would the game would sort of go like this. They would get somewhere, and they would, they would maybe close their eyes by an old oak tree or by a porch or something like that, and they'd begin counting. One, two, three, or they may go Mississippi one, Mississippi two, whatever. And they would count to 10 or they would count to 20. And all while the, the person that was it was counting, everybody else would scatter and go try to hide, you know, because that person that was it was going to try to find, find this person before they could get back to the base without, without being tagged. Here's what I want you to understand this morning. There were four things about that game that was certain that you could count on. The first thing was this. The it, or the person that was, that was playing or was it, was surely going to come. As soon as he got through counting, I mean, when he got through counting to 10 or when he got through counting to 20, he was coming. The second thing was that the it was coming whether, whether they were good or when they were good and when they were ready to come. Sometimes they would count slow. Sometimes they would count fast, but once sooner or later they were coming when they got ready to come. The third thing was this. The it was coming whether you were ready or not, whether you were hid or not. And the fourth thing was simply this. If you were not ready, then you were going to pay the consequences because you would get tagged, tagged out, and then you had to be that it person on that next game. Now, when you think about those, those four little conclusions, how many of you realize that that little game of hide and seek, how, how well it parallels to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ? Paul, in this, in this portion of Scripture here, he, he exhorted the church of Thessalonica. And he, not only did he exhort the church of Thessalonica, he exhorted you and I as well today about the importance of being ready. There's an importance of being ready. If you look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, look at verse number 1. The Bible says, But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. I want you to think about these words that, that Paul penned here. But concerning 
the times and the seasons. You have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. How many ever heard that before? Paul here says, because of the times and because of these seasons, I don't have to write to you. You ought to know these things already. You ought to know that, that the, it's perfectly understood, in other words, that the coming of the Lord is going to come as a thief in the night. It's repeated in Scripture time and time again. Probably you are just like I. You've heard it all your life that Jesus was coming back after his church. Paul was aware of the Lord's return. And he explained it to the believers there in Thessalonica and explains it to us again. As a matter of fact, Paul told them that, that we don't need to be reminded of this again. He said, I ought not have to write this to you again. Sort of sounds like us modern day Christians. We have to be reminded of things over and over and over again. But Paul here said, look, because of the coming of the Lord, this, this, this coming of the Lord thing, the second coming, I do not need to write. You already heard this, this, this story. You've already heard this report. Sort of like the, the tourist that was driving through West Texas and stopped at a gas station. And he saw this piece of rope that was dangling from a, from a sign that was labeled weather forecaster. And the tourist got out of the car and he was sort of, he was sort of curious about this rope and this sign. And he, he talks to the guy, this older man that was up there, and he said, How, how can you possibly tell the weather with a piece of rope. The old man said, well, it's simple, Sonny. When the rope swings back and forth, it's windy. When it's wet, it's raining. When it's frozen stiff and white stuff is on it, well, it's snowing. And when it's gone, we've had a tornado. There are some things, now you think about this with the church, there are some things that, that you and I, it should be obvious without even asking. And the return of Christ is one of those things. The return of Christ is soon to come. It will happen. It will happen. Now I've got to tell this little story right here. And, and I told this in the New Beginnings class and Karen had a cousin that passed away this past week. And, and, uh, and we went down Thursday. To the funeral in Batesville, Mississippi, and the, and the and the Baptist pastor there, he done a, he done a phenomenal job on the sermon. He really done a good. I really enjoyed listening to his message on on the. He talked a little bit about the second coming. He talked a little bit about the the the, the return of Christ and the resurrection of Christ concerning David that had passed away. Because some three or four years earlier, David gave his heart to the Lord. This Baptist preacher won him to the Lord on the back porch of his house. And he started going to church, and this Baptist preacher, he knew this, this guy, David, Karen's cousin, and uh, supposedly, and apparently, this David lived a rough life. I mean, he had a rough life, and he had just recently, as I said, three to four years come back to the Lord, and, uh, and he, had, he, he got his family back, and he was so excited about what God was doing, but he was just that character that had a rough, rough background. And this Baptist minister stands up, and he's from South Mississippi, and he had that southern draw. I don't know exactly where he's had that southern draw. And he stands up, and he says, you know, David wasn't perfect. Now, this is at a funeral. He wasn't even close. And he caught me off guard right there, but this is what he said. That's on the next line. He said, but you know, the person that saved him, he was. Hallelujah. 
And aren't you thankful today that, that the God who saves you and I, he's perfect today. From all of our inconsistencies and all of our past and, and all of our failures, we, we're not perfect, but God is perfect. And this guy stands there, look, he ain't perfect, and he, he ain't even close to being perfect, but the God that saved him, he was perfect and set him free, and he, he delivered him from all of his junk that he had to go through. We go through the sermon, and I, it was, like I said, it was a great sermon. We get, out on the, we get out at the graveside, and this guy stands up, and I've never heard any, any pastors open up a, a graveside service like this with his southern drawl. He said, you know... I know we all wonder about the resurrection. And I'm thinking very quickly, well, do we really wonder about the resurrection? Then he says, but you know, there's going to be one. And you need to be ready. And I thought, Lord, that is so true. So often we know we've heard over and over that the Lord is coming. But are we living as if he could come today? Come on, church. We've listened all our life that the second coming of Jesus Christ is going to be a reality. But do we live our lives knowing and believing that the next hour it's possible that he could come? Are you aware, church, that before we get out of this service, Jesus Christ could come back after his church? Are you aware that before you head down to Grecian or to the, or to the steakhouse or to the Chinese, wherever you're going to go, that the Lord Jesus Christ could come after his church? Now, you can go to Grecian all you want to after this service if the Lord comes. But I don't intend to join you. I intend to be with the second coming of Jesus Christ and go when he calls us home. How about you? Hallelujah. He's coming today. He's coming today. And the scriptures inform us that the Messiah will Will, it will return as a thief in the night. The question is, it's not if Jesus will return. It's simply a matter of when will Jesus return. Paul tells us in his word that nobody knows the hour. Nobody knows the day. And he explains this by describing this, this little story here about a, he's coming as a thief in the night. And, and just as a thief plans to come into your house, into my house, at a time that we don't know and that we don't expect him at an uncertain time, when is it least expected, so it will be with the coming of the the Son of Man. Can I tell you we're living in a culture today and living in a world today that they're living life and they don't even think twice about the Lord Jesus Christ coming back after the church. They're living their lives as if they'll be alive forever. But can I tell you, you have no promise of tomorrow. You have no hope of tomorrow. The only hope you've got is in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're born again, if you're blood bought, if you're on your way to heaven, that's when you have hope today. He's coming. He's coming. Jesus even tells us in Matthew 24 and 35. He says, but of the day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven. Matter of fact, Jesus don't even know. He says, but my father only knows. But I'm going to tell you, in my spiritual vision, I can just see Jesus sitting on the end of his seat saying, is it time? You know what I'm talking about? Is it time? Because I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Later on in the Gospels, in Matthew 24 and 44, Jesus shared this little warning. He says, therefore you also be ready. For the Son of Man is coming in an hour that you do not expect him. Paul here in, 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 in this scripture this morning continues in verse 3 in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. He said in verse 3, for when they say peace and safety, think about where we live today. 
Think about what our world is involved in today. When they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. And they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness so that this day should not overtake you as a thief. Hello, church. Hello, church. You are the sons of light and the sons of day. We are not of the night, nor are we of the darkness. What is he talking about? I don't need to tell you these things. You've heard it all your life. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready. Hallelujah. Paul often refers to the, to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And we often refer to it as the day of the Lord. That little phrase, the day of the Lord. And all throughout scripture, the day of the Lord was designated of, the, of, of a latter time when, when God would come and he was pouring his wrath upon the ungodly people. And after Jesus comes for his people, the Lord will begin to, to pour out his judgment in that time. We refer to it many times as the tribulation time or the great tribulation. The tragedy of this day oh is that many many people will be unprepared and can I tell you shamefully so and sadly so there'll be many people that has come to church day in and day out week in and week out that still will not be ready when the Lord comes where are you at today church how's your life today because he's coming he's coming be ready be ready he's coming he's coming not only will they be unprepared, they'll be actually deceived in, in thinking that he was going to hold off his coming. They will be actively deceiving others even as they proclaim, we've got peace. We've got safety. Everything is going to be all right. Everything is going to be all right. Do you understand the people on the Titanic? They thought the same thing. Everybody was telling them, don't, don't, don't fear. Don't get upset. Everything is going to be fine. There is no way this big ship can sink. And life after life and life after life was lost. Many will be convinced that there will be no danger when in fact destruction is, in, is near. The end is near. And you and I as God's people today, we've got to live with an attitude of watchfulness. Listen to, verse, listen to what, the, what the Lord says in verse number 6. The Bible says, therefore, let us not sleep. As others do. But let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk are drunk at night. I want to tell you this morning, church. As much as a soldier is commanded to stay alert while on his post. So you and I, we've got to stay alert. And we've got to stay vigilant. And we've got to stay watchful. Because in an hour that we think not, the Son of Man comes. And he's coming back after a, a, a church that's blood -balled. Amen. Hallelujah. Paul tells us here to stay awake. Stay awake. His command is in the present tense, which tells us that there's got to be a continual practice of the mature Christian. Now, this ain't in my notes, but let me stop here this long enough to tell you this, mature. It's long enough to tell you this, mature. You've got time to dilly-dally around in your Christian walk with the Lord. Hallelujah. Pastor, that's a little strong. Well, so be it. Jesus is coming. You ain't got time to mess around in your Christian walk. You ain't got time to get mad at this and get mad at that and get mad at that and think everything's going to be all right. Hello? Mm. You ain't got time to mess around with the love of Christ. You ain't got time to mess around with the salvation of Christ. You ain't got time to mess around with the blessings that God wants to put upon your life while you're on this present life. Amen. Jesus Christ is coming back after a church that's spotless today. Coming back after church that's pure today. Oh, yeah. What does that mean, Pastor? 
Let's just draw it down to where we are today. That don't mean I can come to church and lift my hands on Sunday and sing in the choir like everything's all right and go live like the devil on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Come on. That don't mean I can come on Wednesday night and lift my hands and come on Sunday night and lift my hands and go out Saturday night and party it all up. Uh Uh-oh, you're stepping on my toes, preacher. That's all right. Keep your shoes on. It's going to get a little heavier. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. We need to be alert. We need to be vigilant. We need to be awake. We need to be watching for his return. Not only do we need to be watching Sister Ruth, but our ears. Our ears need to be sensitive to hearing the voice of the Lord. Our ears need to be sensitive to hearing the trumpet blast. Our ears need to be sensitive to hear when he, when he calls his church home. Because my Bible says that in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed. We shall be like him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, glory. I was thinking of that, that funeral service that we was at with that pastor when he talked about, I guess we all wonder about the resurrection. Because he went on to say, Brother Keith, my Bible tells me that when Jesus Christ comes, he says, oh, David, that's, that's getting ready to be put in this ground. And, and many of you that's here today, you've lost loved ones when they're in the ground. But when that day comes, the, the graves is going to start stirring around. The graves is going to come open. And those which, are, which have died in Christ, they're going to get up out of that grave. Hallelujah. And you and I, which are alive and remain today, we're going to be caught up together with them in the air. Man, I don't know if I don't excite you. you ain't, you've lost your excitement. Woo! What a day that's going to be when my Jesus I shall see what about all those folks that have been cremated, Pastor? I don't know how it's going to happen, but they're going to come back together. I, what about all them folks that has been sprinkled out on the oceans? I don't have a clue how it's going to happen, but it's going to come back together. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what the Word said. Hallelujah. So Paul tells us here to be awake. Be awake and be vigilant. See, it's a matter of attitude. What are we going to think about every day? Do you wake up every day with an expectation that Jesus could come today? And I know, you know, I may step on some, some, some toes here this morning in the sense of young people. Because we've got some young people that goes through this thing. And I said the same thing when I was growing up. Well, I don't want the Lord to come yet. I've not married. I don't understand what marriage is all about yet. And I said those same things. I want to tell you something. Let me encourage you just a little bit. If you're not married, don't worry about it because when you get to heaven, everything's going to be, be so much better. Oh, yeah. And, and, and I think I can say this without getting in trouble. It's even going to be better, better than marriage. Did you say amen? Okay. <laughs> a Roman soldier would be put to death for falling asleep on his watch. The outcome would be fatal for those who are not constantly on alert. You and I are disciples this morning. And as disciples, you and I must be disciplined in our walk with the Lord. Disciplined in our walk with the Lord. We we bear an image of the Lord. Everywhere that we go, we should bear an image of the Lord. and, and, And it should be diligent. We should be diligent in that calling when He calls us. Disciples know who they are in Christ. Oh yeah. Disciples know who they are in Christ. Disciples seek to be conformed into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul is warning us that we must not allow anything. Everybody say anything. Anything. 
Don't allow anything to invade our lives that will be harmful to, to, the, to the moral alertness of the Lord Jesus Christ's return. I want to tell you because you know as well as I know, there's a lot of things in our world today that tries to penetrate our life and our family today. That would try to steer us off track. That would try to mess us up. That would try to get our mind off of thinking or not thinking about the Lord Jesus Christ and his return. Don't allow anything to invade your life that would cause you to stumble. Amen. Just as an overabundance of, of alcohol will, will inhibit a person's ability to focus and make wise decisions. Sin also in our life and will affect our ability to make those spiritual decisions that you and I need to make this morning. A person don't become drunk with just one drink. Understand that. And slowly this drinker will become intoxicated to the point it's reached when all the senses are blurred and everything is out of capacity and, and you become a danger to yourself and you become a danger to everybody else. But when you think about that in the same way, if you and I do not control our spiritual lives, sin will enter in one little sin at a time. You may not be feel backslid because of that one little sin, but over time and a period of time, you start justifying things. And it's okay to do this and, and it's okay okay to do that and, and God didn't mess me up when I when this took place so so God must be okay with it no God's long suffering with you he's not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance and come to the Lord and I'm telling you this morning according to the word of God be ready at a moment's notice because the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back after his church hallelujah 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 we got to live in the light in obedience to God's word. Look back at your scripture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 8. The Bible says, But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, as a helmet the hope of salvation. As a helmet the hope of salvation. we got to be prepared. we got to be prepared at all times. I, I come across this little story. It's sort of a comical a little bit, but sort of gives you the understanding of, of, of what we're talking about. World War II. There was a seaman, this is a true story, who served on a, on a small submarine in South Pacific. While on the ship, one of, the, one of the, the strict commands that everybody had to follow was to always be ready, be combat ready. At a moment's notice, the enemy could come up and we'd have to change everything that we're doing. Be ready at a combat ready. And it, it meant that you took a shower uh, whenever you took a shower, all those things, you had, to, you had to keep your gear, everything close by so that at a moment's notice, you could, you could put clothes on. Now, there were times, they said, that when the crew, they wouldn't see another ship, they wouldn't see another plane for, for several, several weeks. And during those times, they would become a little lax. It's sort of like the way we are in America today. We become a little lax in, in our readiness. And all, all of a sudden, there was one morning that came around when this seaman and one of, his, one of his shipmates were showering when an air raid went off. A siren went off, and they were called to their battle stations immediately because of the enemy. They didn't have a problem going to the battle stations. The only problem they had, they forgot to take their gear with them to the shower. The only thing that they had was a helmet. And they come out of the shower, they slapped the helmet on, and that was it. And they had to get to their guns. Now, can you imagine the enemy flying over or sailing by him looking and seeing at this guy on a, on a machine gun with a helmet on and nothing else? He didn't have no problem pulling the trigger. 
The only problem he had was just he was just naked. But he was still fighting. His buddies and the seamen, they, they found out quickly that, they, they, that there's some, some rough consequences when you're not ready to go. And can I tell you this morning, you and I as God's people, we've got to walk in a blessedness of being ready. You can know that you know that you know that you're ready to go when Jesus Christ comes. Amen. You're not going to get caught unaware because of, with a trumpet sound. You're not going to get caught off guard. You can know that you're ready to go at a moment's notice. You can hear the trumpet sound and you're ready to go. You're ready to depart. Verse number 9 in First Thessalonians says, For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or whether we sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another just as you also are doing. Hallelujah. Say, Pastor, I don't like to hear messages on the second coming of Christ. Why not? Are you not ready? Because most people enjoy hearing messages like this because it's a comfort to them. It edifies their spiritual being because they know that they're ready to go. But many times, and I know I've been there as a young person, Lord, I, I, I'd get up and hear messages and sometimes the preacher would get up and, and preach on heaven. And boy, I used to love those messages that when they preached on heaven about the gates and the streets of gold and all those wonderful things that, that heaven is going to consist. But what I didn't like, Brother Greg, was when they talked on hell. I didn't like hearing the stench of hell. I didn't like smelling. I mean, they preached it so strong sometimes you could almost smell smoke. I mean, seriously. And you'd grip the back of your pew. How many's ever done that before? Knowing that you're not ready to go. Knowing that you're, that you're not saved. Knowing that the Lord is not in your heart. And you're just hoping you'd make it through long enough where the preacher would shut up and you'd get down to the altar. Because that's why you just want to go to the altar to get saved. Can I tell you, church, Paul here is trying to exhort us a little bit. He says, listen, church, you need to be ready. You need to be ready in an hour that you think not the Son of Man comes. And it says, when you see these times and these things that we're living in, we're living in the last days. We're living in the last days. And when we see these things take place, comfort one another. Talk about it a little bit to one another. Share a little bit with one another. That's, that's why you know, prayer is a wonderful thing And when we get out to pray with one another. And when we, we talk about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we can get around our friends and loved ones, and when they'll talk to us about the second coming and about the Lord, the Lord and the love of Christ, it's, that, that they, that we, it's, it's a wonderful thing. It builds each other up. It strengthens one another. I want to tell you, for those of you that are saved this morning, there's a special peace in your heart in knowing that you're always ready to go. If you're ready this morning, you'll have God's heart. The scriptures are very clear. If you want to be great in the kingdom, you've got to be a servant of all. Jesus says, I came to serve, not to be served. If you're ready, you'll look for Christ's coming with excitement. If you're ready to go, you'll look with, with Christ's return with expectancy. Matter of fact, you'll quote old brother John. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Come Lord Jesus. I want the musicians to come. And I want to close with this illustration this morning. During one of an expedition to the Antarctic, there's a guy by the name of Sir Ernest Shackleton. He left some of his men on, a, on an island called Elephant Island. In one of his conquests, one of his expeditions. When he left them, 
he left with the intent of returning for them. Carrying back, getting them back to England. But the story said that he was delayed. By the time he could go back for them, the sea had frozen and he had no access to Elephant Island. Three times he tried to go back and pick up the men that he had left on that deserted island. Unsuccessfully. And finally on the fourth attempt, the fourth try, he broke through the ice and he found a narrow channel to go through the ice. Much to his surprise, he, he found all of his crewmen, that he, they were waiting for him. Now think about this. They were waiting for him. They had their supplies ready. They had their packs packed. They were ready to go and ready to get aboard the ship. They got aboard the ship and they were on their way back to England. Sir Isaac here, he asked him, he said, how, how did you know to be ready when I returned? And they told him, said, well, sir, we didn't know when you'd return. We didn't even know if you could return. But what we did know was that when you did return, we wanted to be ready. And so every morning, the leader of our group, he got up, got us up, and before we'd done anything else, he had us to pack our bags, to roll up our sleeping bag, to roll up our gear. And he would say, get your things ready, boys. The boss may be back today. Can I tell you, church, you ought to plan for a voyage of a thousand years if you want to. But every day, you need to be prepared to leave this ship of life. Pastor, I hadn't done this yet in life. Not a problem. Keep planning to do it if you want to. But if Jesus comes back, what are you going to choose? To go with him or you want to do what you want to do? Go ahead and make your preparations for all those wonderful trips and all those wonderful things and retirement and all those things that you want to do that we all have made those decisions about. But if Jesus comes back, don't you understand that all that is void now? It's void. And as the Baptist pastor out on the graveside told those group of people that were there, you know, I guess we all think about the resurrection. We wonder about it. He paused a little bit and he said, Brother Roger, he said, but it is coming. It's coming. And I've come to tell you this morning, church, whoever you may be, whether you be a church member at this church or visiting at this church or a visitor, wherever, we all have wondered about the second return of Christ. Not only have we wondered about it, we've wondered, Lord, is it really going to happen? Is what I've learned, Sister Lawson, my whole life and been taught my whole life, is it going to be a reality? Is it really going to be a reality? Is it really going to take place, as the Scripture says, that the trumpet sound dead in Christ will rise we which are alive and remain will be caught up will be changed in the twinkling of an eye is it really going to happen that way we've all heard it we've all wondered about it but would you listen to this preacher this morning as I tell you it's going to happen it's going to happen the day after the Lord's return, Sister Mavis' churches will be packed. 
churches will be packed. Who will they be packed with, Pastor? Those that had attended church there many years and never prepared to get ready. Are you ready? If the Lord should come back today, are you ready? Folks in the balcony, are you ready? Are you ready should Jesus come? Well, Pastor, you don't know my history. You don't have to. Are you ready? You don't know what I've done. I, it doesn't matter. Are you ready should Jesus come? See, because the truth is you're in the right place this morning to give your heart to the Lord. You're in the right place this morning to be prepared and to be ready. Now, most guys, most generally, when you get ready to take a long trip, you make preparation. You'll get the oil changed most of the time in your vehicles. You'll make sure that it's cleaned up. You'll get the suitcases and all those things just right in order. Karen knows at our house, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't really feel like I'm a OCD kind of person. But to me, suitcases has got to be just a certain way. I don't like living out of a mess in a suitcase. Anybody else with me? It's got to be neat. Karen and Abby, chaos. Chaos. But it's got to be, it's got to be neat. And so when we get ready to go somewhere on a long trip, we take, I take time to pack the suitcases exactly the way it needs to be packed where I can get the most in that suitcase, Sister Sue, that I need to get in there without having, because I don't like carrying a bunch of suitcases, just one. So I got to put everything in there. So it's got to be packed just right. So we prepare. We get everything in order. We, we check our tires, the air pressure, all of those things so we, so we will not have a problem on the road because having a problem on a trip on the road is pits. We get ready. We prepare. And we all do that. But what I'm talking to you about this morning is a kind of road trip that you don't have to pack a bag. You don't have to go out and put air in your tires. You don't have to go out and put oil in your vehicle, Brother Keith. You don't have to check the mechanical things out on your vehicle because the vehicle ain't going with you. Let it stay. You don't have to go out and get money orders to carry with you or traveler's checks. Matter of fact, you don't even have to go out and get cash. It ain't going with you. Jesus is looking for a blood-bought people today. And when he comes, there'll be no time then for you to say, Lord, just a second. Let me go back and get some things in order and I'll be ready to go. Mm -mm. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, we'll be gone. The church will leave. Preacher, when is it going to happen? I don't know. I don't know. What hour of the day? I, I, I don't know. What day? I, I don't know. But I do know what the Word says in an hour that I think not. The Son of Man comes. He comes. With all heads bowed and eyes closed, very quickly, very quickly, I need to ask you a question this morning. The question is very simple. Very simple. Matter of fact, Sister Ruth, can I get some, should I get some of you prayer team members up this morning? I, I'm sorry. I, I, I just need some prayer team members to come up this morning. The question is very simple. 
if Jesus were to come today, if he were to come today, would you be ready? Could you say, Lord, I've prepared myself, I've expected this, and I'm ready to go. If you can say that this morning, hallelujah. Thank God. Because what a glorious reunion we're going to have in heaven. What a glorious time we're going to have around the throne of Christ. But if you're here this morning, wherever you may be sitting, you say, Pastor, I don't know that I'm ready or not. I'm not sure. Or you may be able to say, I'm not ready. I know for a fact I'm not ready to go when Jesus returns. If that's you, wherever you're seated, I'm not going to ask you just to raise your hand this morning because, see, it's too important. I want to ask you for a commitment of getting up out of your seat and coming to one of these prayer team members this morning and praying that sinner's prayer. Allow them to lead you into the sinner's prayer this morning. Pastor, I'm not saved. I want to be ready. I've heard it my whole life. I've listened to it my whole life. But I'm not sure if I'm prepared. Just a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand. And when you stand, don't hesitate. You know who you are. Don't hesitate. I don't care if you've been going to church for 20 years or more. I don't care. I don't care. But when you stand, do not hesitate. Get out of that seat. Get out of that balcony. Come down to this altar and let us rejoice with you about your decision to give your heart to the Lord. Father, I've preached this morning what I felt like you've laid upon my heart concerning the second return of Christ. And Lord, I pray that everybody in this house is ready to go. And if they are, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But God, it could be that there's a person that's here today. Could be that there's a man or a woman, teenager, young man, young woman that's not ready. Lord, they feel like that they have their whole life to live. But God, I pray that right now as I'm praying, that the Holy Spirit would go and draw them, tug at their heart, tug at their soul. Let them make the right decision today. We have no hope of tomorrow. We don't know whether or not we'll be here next Sunday or not. We hope we will. We pray that we will. But God, we, we have no hope of that. But Lord, as Paul told us in First Thessalonians this morning, whether we wake or whether we sleep, whether it's day or whether it's night, we can know that we're ready to go. Now, Lord, you do your work today, and I'll give you thanks, and I'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Now, church, I want to ask you to stand all over this house, and if you're here this morning, if you need prayer, don't leave. Please don't leave. Get out of that pew. Bring somebody with you if you have to. If you're embarrassed to come, bring somebody with you. I don't care how young, how old you are. If you're lost today, you need Jesus Christ in your heart. I want you to come. I want you to come and give your heart to the Lord this morning. doesn't matter to me if it's one, if it's 20. It doesn't matter. God 
Hallelujah. Heaven is going to rejoice because of the decision that you made today. Would you come in Jesus' name? Would you come? They're going to sing a chorus or two. We're going to pray one more time before we go. But would you come in Jesus' name? Be praying, church. Be praying, church. Hallelujah. Go ahead, sister. Thank you, Father.